Welcome to the Reaching New Heights podcast. I'm Megan Gallagher, author, speaker, and mental health advocate. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a new guest. We'll dive into their life story and we'll get to see how they reached new heights. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Reaching New Heights, my podcast hosted by me, Megan Gallagher. Today, I am so excited to announce my guest on my show is the amazing, the incredible Kinfolk John. He is a DJ producer and he's worked with amazing rappers like Lil Xan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. Looking forward to it. I am so excited. So first, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, kind of your journey, a little bit about how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana, a small town in Louisiana, and then uh, when I was one, we moved to New Orleans, New Orleans, Amazing. Louisiana. I love New Orleans. Shout out New Orleans. I miss it so much. And then when I was like 11-ish, 12-ish, we moved to New Mexico, Albuquerque. Yeah. And that was pretty crazy. It's a really rough town. It's a really wild city. And circumstances led me to move to Taos, New Mexico, which is mm-hmm. northern New Mexico near Colorado. And um, I lived there till I was like 20, and then I made the move to L.A. Wow. Yeah. First of all, that's funny. I'm from Lafayette, California, so that's kind of <laughs> funny, the parallel world. That's crazy. Um, that's NorCal, right? Yes, NorCal. Good old Lafayette. Um, so when you were growing up, were you always interested in music, writing, creative, or did you have a class in your elementary school, middle school, or a teacher? Some like, Did you have a moment where you're like, this is my passion, or was it you grew up in a family where everyone played an instrument, people sang? That's a good question. Actually, growing up, like my family really wasn't too music musically oriented. My my parents are Mexican, so they listen to like a lot of Spanish music, mm. which I was just kind of forced into. But I have an older brother; he's four years older than me. My brother Louis, and he kind of got me into like the sound that I like because we grew up in New Orleans, and that's when like some of the artists started really blowing up. When I was a little mm-hmm. kid, I was like seven, eight years old, seeing all these rappers from our area blowing up like little Wayne he was like 16 at the time he was like a little kid but I just always looked up to him he was always so dope to me so so growing up in New Orleans like that's how I got my first inspiration that I I really love music but I didn't really get into it into it till I met my 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 best friend uh his name's Gabe Miller we met in Taos New Mexico like in the middle of seventh grade when I moved out there Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we got into music because I I just started reciting a lyric in class, and he recognized the lyric, <laughs> and he's like he he finished it, and we're like wow, like we just became best friends like that. And R.I.P. to my brother, uh, he passed mm. away like three years ago, but I'm sorry, it's okay. He's still here with us right now. Mm-hmm. But but what's crazy is that we started everything together. Like I think we were like fourteen ish. I think we were around fourteen. We bought every piece of equipment for a studio because we wanted to try everything out. So we wanted to be the artist, we wanted to be the producer, we wanted to be the DJ, we wanted to record ourselves. So we bought all the equipment. Like we did garage sales and we would ask people for donations and we gathered up thousands of dollars to like to buy equipment. That's so incredible. Yeah, and we were little, we were in middle school. We we're like in middle school wow. heading yeah, heading to heading to freshman year yeah. of high school. So that's when we really really got into it. And what we realized we liked most, we tried everything out. What we realized we liked most was making beats. So yeah. that's what's really, that's what really got me into making music at a really early age. 
And I started taking it really seriously early on because we started posting our stuff on this uh, site called SoundClick. It's not SoundCloud. It's called SoundClick.com. Is it the sister to SoundCloud? <laughs> in in a sense, yeah. People get it so confused, but it's actually, it still exists. It's like a, it's a website. It's like a chart-based website where you go through the charts and you, you find producers and you just purchase licensed beats through them. Yeah. And I did that at 14 and we did really really well like early on so we're making a lot of money as like little kids and you can make money off of sound click yeah okay yeah. Cool. people go on there and they pick the beat they like from you and it's already like licensed and registered and it's attached to your paypal or whatever and then they get the beat instantly and uh you get money but back then this was like oh six oh seven back then we would actually send hard copies of the beat to the to the customer mm -hmm. so we'd always be at the post office um it's like the, the the post office people thought it was so cute to see these little kids going in there like handling business every day like yeah. si signing and printing contracts and sending them off they thought that was cool so that's that's how i got my start and that's what made me take it really seriously okay <laughs> that is <laughs> one of the most inspiring stories i've genuinely ever heard because it's so unique and I mean, sometimes, you know, people, everyone has a different journey on how they get to where they are, but I love that kind of just, you know, back, it's just like, it's just real life, you yeah. know, it's anyone can do anything and it just shows people you don't need, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think people can get caught up in that. Absolutely. Oh, well, I wasn't born into this family mm -hmm. and I don't have this amount of money. So then it's my dreams. It's not possible. I get that from a lot of like uh, friends and supporters. They'll hit me up for advice and, but their first... The first thing they'll tell me is like, well, I don't have like, I'm not financially stable enough to pursue a career in music or mm -hmm. acting and all this. But I didn't come from a well-off family either. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a desktop till I was like 15, 16. So and you hear that, people? There's no excuses. <laughs> Seriously. There's, <laughs> there's no, excuses. no excuses. Listen to Kinfo. It's 2020. You can make anything happen for real. Like, it's serious. It's the power of the internet, honestly. I know. And it's so true. And I mean... I also grew up in a family where, I mean, you know, I had a really great childhood, but it was nothing like, it was very normal. It was very mm -hmm. average. And so I sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like I should be so proud of myself. And I really like telling teenagers whenever I speak at a school, you can literally accomplish anything. You just, it's all about mindset in mm -hmm. my opinion and believing you can do it. And just, it will happen. But I feel that people can get caught up in, the little things of like, well, well, I don't have that connection. I don't know that person. How how is it going to happen? But I just just enjoy the ride. I mean, absolutely. That's the first step. When people ask me like, how do you get into it? How how do you pursue something like that? And my first answer is always, you got to love what you're doing first and foremost. Mm. You got to love what you're doing because if you don't love what you're doing, you're not going to base it off the love for what you're doing. You're going to try to base it off whether you're successful at it or not. Mm -hmm. And that comes and goes. And it's also a, a game of patience. So if you're not patient and you don't love what you're doing, you're going to stop doing it. And that's why we see so many people come and go, like, from L.A. Like, we living in L.A., you see friends come and go, like, yep. stay here for half a year and move on. I think a lot of people just can't handle it or they just get overwhelmed and they're like, no, nothing's happened. I'm like, dude, I've been here for five years and I'm just getting going. Absolutely. No, that's honestly, that's when I, that's when the ball started rolling for me a lot too, like about five years in. So, yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just love having these kind of conversations because they're so inspiring and they're so insightful and um, it's just 
I cheers to people following their dreams. Um, so when you were growing up, like high school time, mm. what were you like in high school? Like as a teenager, were you just describe kinfolk circa 2008? <laughs> yeah, so kinfolk, uh, kinfolk played basketball. Kinfolk was uh, playing varsity basketball, but he was also so wrapped into the music that that took over mm -hmm. music took over sports because sports i love sports but there's a lot of politics involved in sports there's a lot of politics involved in anything but i just wasn't getting my fair chance in that and music just kind of outweighed the the sports so i spent a lot of time making music you would catch me in the computer labs logging in to SoundClick yeah. and, and, and getting plays off of each computer so if you're a kid out there and you're trying to boost your ratings and rise the ranks, do some stuff like that. Cause I would log into every single computer mm. and play my stuff in it. And that's how I rose on the charts. So I'd be in the, I'd be in the computer lab all the time, like playing my music. Oh. And I was also like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I partied a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I spent a lot of time partying um, from the age of, yeah, like f 15 to 18. Cause me and Gabe, like uh, we always had his mom's condo cause she lived in uh, Vegas as well. Mm -hmm. So we just had, we had the party house. So we spent a lot of time doing that too. That's so, you should write a book. Have you written a book? Nah, not yet. Not yet you should write no. a book about your life and it could be like a coffee table memoir <laughs> and it's just an autobiography. I would love that. I'm into it. I'm going to do that <laughs> sooner than later. I think so many people just, you know, people in the typical corporate nine to fives or anything and there's nothing wrong with not that's not my point but I think people are so fascinated by artistic creative in their lives and just how they came to be and their journey and it's just so cool um but that reminds me when I was <laughs> in high school I was quite the opposite I personally was so awkward mm -hmm. I had I wore neck gear at nighttime like wow. full braces I had a mullet haircut <laughs> freshman year of high school not cute I was awkward I was had horrible anxiety. I was mm -hmm. just weird body image issues, all that stuff. And I, my hometown in the high school I went to, it was just very like academic, mm -hmm. kind of like a bubble. And it wasn't, I didn't really grow up in a town that was creative and like a city and urban and mm -hmm. open-minded, but I just can't express how influential it's been for me to live in LA now that I'm just, you know, all these creative juices are flowing and I'm like, Oh, I wish this was around when I, I was younger. No, like, I, f I feel that. I, like, I have a lot of friends that grew up in a similar situation as, as you. Um, my advantage was that I was really inspired as a kid growing up in Taos because a lot of it's like an art driven community, actually. It's not a big community, it's about like 5,000 people population, but it's the art mecca of the southwest of the United States. So, like, there's plenty of art galleries, like, crazy, like, ex exhibits mm -hmm. and, like, stuff going on over there. So, like, people travel a lot to Taos to like check stuff mm -hmm. stuff out like that and my friends a lot of my friends their parents made a living off of painting so I had, wow. all, I had all these friends who like had these nice ass houses excuse my language <laughs> if you guys sorry a really nice house and um, all these paintings up on the wall and like yeah my dad's trying to sell that for so and so it's mm. like like wow you can really make a living off of your creativity yeah and it wasn't I'm not a painter but that inspired me a lot so that, that kept me going and it's just, I feel like for me, the way I connect to my creativity is just channeling not my inner child, but just not losing that like fun, kind of playful energy and not dimming my imagination or my light down. Because even though I am an adult and I am 24, I still 
you know, have to tap into that just like, let's write a new book, let's blog, let's go speak and just channel that, you know, like that good stuff. And it's just important for me to remember, you know, to not shut it down and not be like, oh, Megan, we're an adult, so we have to be <laughs> blah, no. blah, blah. <laughs> That's what keeps us going. Being creative is like therapy in a sense. Oh. Think about it. It's so true. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just been, I mean, I have just like looked at what you've done in your social media pages and it's just so inspiring to look at and it's so creative. And do you, when you were growing up, did you have someone that you looked up to, a rapper, a singer, a songwriter, anyone, or just an iconic person that you were like, this is my main inspiration. You had posters of them in your room. <laughs> I know for me, it was Kid Cudi, it was Tupac. Oh, that's it was... amazing. <laughs> Shout out to both of them. I, those yeah. are, those are Forever fans. <laughs> No, Kid Cudi was actually a really big inspiration. I, I owe I owe Kid Cudi, uh, credit for me failing one of my math classes because I was really? listening to Kid Cudi instead of paying attention to math. <laughs> really, like shout out Kid Cudi, love you, bro. And then I had inspirations like Little Wayne, like growing up as a kid in New Orleans and seeing him do so well, like at such a young age, mm. and to continue to do that for 20 plus years, like that's always been really inspiring to me. Yeah. So people like Little Wayne, Kid Cudi. Tupac, R.I.P. Tupac. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this producer named Manny Fresh from New Orleans, where I grew up from. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like the creator of that sound and like a big focal point as to why all those artists from New Orleans did really, really well. Yeah. So I was really inspired by that. And just like just like entrepreneurs, too, just like athletes as well, like mm-hmm. R.I.P. Kobe. I, no. Kobe was a rival to the team that I loved, but... I always admired how good he was. Always admired him. And now that he passed, like, even stuff like that inspires me to this day. Like, I'll go back and watch Kobe interviews right now for inspiration. It's been mm. inspiring these past couple of weeks. I feel like that's when you know you've made an impact on the world when even after you passed away, people still look up at your stuff. And your songs are still being played all the time on the radio. And it's just, like, people like Prince and Michael mm-hmm. Jackson and Mac Miller and all these incredible – Amy Winehouse, creative, oh, just – R.I.P. Like, to all those I know, legends. R.I.P., oh but, like, they're just these, I don't, like, these shining stars that just come once in a million years, and their soul is just, like, the talent is, like, beyond words, and it's just, it's just, I mean, it's heartbreaking, and it's so sad, but it's just, like, that's, like, the, to me, the true moment of I've really made an impact on this world and I really have done what I needed to do when people are still long after your time <laughs> like what who we learn about in history books in high school that's like circa 14 BC you no, know yeah. <laughs> legends are forever like if you made an impact on people you're forever like I feel like all of us have traits of people that even people that we haven't met like if mm-hmm. we're inspired by somebody we carry their energy and we have similar traits to them like Mm-hmm. Like my friend Gabe who passed, like I see him and a lot of like the people that he was close to, yeah, and just stuff like that. So I feel like I feel like people who have a big impact that pass, they they it's beautiful because then they're they're still around in a sense by the way we carry on their legacy and stuff like that. So true. Did you so when like did you go to college? I went to I went to the, like a. I went to the University of New Mexico Taos for a little bit right after high cool. school. And I think I did like three semesters there, just like some general ed mm-hmm. stuff. And then my excuse for my parents uh, for me to move to L.A. 
was that I'm going to be going to school. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to L.A. recording school here in mm-hmm. Hollywood for. But the funny thing is, I honestly only went for the first four months yeah. <laughs> until they gave me the laptop. And, yeah. And then I then I left school. You're and started smart. doing music full on. Oh, my well, God. I was doing music full on before that. But, yeah, it's just. It's for some people. For me, it wasn't because I had already had so much experience in music mm-hmm. and doing what I wanted to do. They start you off like at a really kind of like low level, mm. like with the basic stuff. And it was, it was moving a little slow for me. So I just dropped, dropped it. Yeah. But I, I anybody, if you think you need the education, go to school. Yeah. And if you want to learn something that has nothing to do with what you're already going to school for, it's there. YouTube. That's I know. Anywhere. That's such friends. A, I know. <laughs> That's such a interesting debate because, I mean, me and my sister both were super free spirited. She, you know, does skincare and facials and she got her license, but she never went to esthetician school. And then me, I did like one year of community college at Santa Monica City College, hated it, dropped out. Like, you know, just, I feel like in today's world, I'm not promoting this in any way, shape or form, but you don't have to go to college. Am I say that or I think it's like it's like a trade school or something where you're like oh I want to be a musician I want to be a chef I want to be so I have to go through culinary school mm-hmm. I have to go through but there's just there's YouTube and there's self teaching and there's audiobooks audio there's so much like for some people like their way to the career that they want might be through general education mm-hmm. like that but stuff like music you don't necessarily need to go to school for you there's not a degree for music that I know of that's going to get you exactly like through the doors that you want. There might be a couple certain yeah. situations, but not if you're just making beats. They're trying to develop stuff like that so they yeah. can <laughs> get all these kids who like doing this stuff. There's yeah. just new schools that are doing that, but I don't know. Yeah, and it, to me it seems that, I mean, like music is your own thing and it's like your own style, especially if you're a rapper, you're freestyling, you're making beats and that's your creative zone. You're just like channeling that energy. And to like, it seems kind of like counterintuitive or weird to go to a school and be taught, you know, how to do something versus if you're naturally, like you're a natural born athlete, you're a natural born rapper or singer. It's like, you just have that in you. I'm sorry, but don't waste, you know, time or money. If you know that that's your passion and you have that talent and you don't need to go through like years of schooling or. No, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, so when did you move to LA? And I want to hear all about just your journey when you first moved to LA versus now, how do you feel that you've changed and how do you feel that the city has influenced you and just your career and where has it like gone in those years? That's a really good question because I came to LA with uh, Gabe and my other production partner, Ben Great, and uh, we moved to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And you know, people who live in that or who first moved to LA don't understand what the situation is. You think Hollywood's gonna be super dope, like, clean <laughs> stars yes. everywhere you think it's like accurate. the movie yeah like you, the walk of fame and it's just beverly hills is in hollywood but. and it's a reality shock when you move there because i moved right across the street from uh i think it's called the celebrity scientology center center the big uh the statue, big blue building the big castle the- no the castle the, it's the one next to it's like a couple streets before the w you've never seen that big castle are you talking the big not giant the, blue not, not that one i know that one too but not they have that a castle it's a castle. It's a castle. And we lived across the street, but it, the place we lived that was just really grungy. 
rundown spot and it was pricey and I, I happened to be the one who had to live in the living room so that was my first introduction to LA was you're like welcome uh, yeah. Hollywood <laughs> oh and it, I had no I had not I didn't have a lot of money and I had to go to school for those four months mm -hmm. so I wasn't making money aside from like the music money I was making yeah but at the time it really wasn't enough so it was rough moving to moving to LA like at a young age not knowing what you're getting yourself into was kind of rough but it was cool to have my friends around to like help me out and support me and keep me motivated. Because at any point I could have moved back and called it quits. Mm -hmm. And obviously a lot of things have changed since then. Like now I'm doing way better. Yeah. I don't. I don't work anymore. I used to work at a store in Hollywood. It's called the Ten Dollar Store. Uh, I think that I don't shout even, out Ten Dollar Store. Yeah, no, shout out to the Ten Dollar <laughs> Store. I worked there for like five plus years, and uh, it taught me a lot. But after the music really started taking off, I didn't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. And now I live in the Valley, like Northridge area. Nice. It's blessed to have a nice house. The studio is in a nice location now. It used to be in our garage. Yeah. So people would come in. If it's a summer day in the garage, it'd be super hot. Mm -hmm. The computer would overheat and the whole project would shut down. So it's cool to go from the garage to like a nice spot, you know? So it's been... It's been a blessing for sure. That's so cool. And it's always just, it's so amazing to hear when it's just things are getting better and they're on mm -hmm. the up and up. And in my own journey too, I can relate so much because I, you know, started off, I just left community college and my parents were always so supportive, but they were just like, well, Megan, you know, what do you want to do? You mm -hmm. just turned 20. I also at the time had a crazy health scare and I was just confused mm -hmm. on my life and I didn't know you know, like any 20 year old, you feel, well, who am I? What do I want to do? And thankfully, my parents never pressured me to just get a job, you know, just do it, just get by. Because then I feel like a lot of people will just settle into a job and then settling turns into like, wait, shit, now I'm 90. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Wait, no, I didn't mean to, you know. So I always wanted to be mindful about making sure that I'm happy and just literally putting my happiness as like the number one priority. And I remember I was like, okay, well, you know, I love helping people. I love speaking. I love inspiring. And my own journey all throughout childhood, teen years, I struggled so much with mental health and a lot of panic attacks, body image issues, mm -hmm. low self-esteem. And I always wanted my schools to have assemblies about them. And mm -hmm. why don't they talk about, you know, the deeper stuff? Why do they just talk about the bubonic plague from the <laughs> 1800s or irrelevant stuff? <laughs> yeah. No, you're freaking right. Like Columbus and just all of these things that are in the past. Why don't they make it more modern? And I just think that when you talk about things, it makes people feel better and it makes people feel more educated rather than kind of babying us or being like, oh, no, we're not going to talk about that because we don't want to trigger people. But it's like, but you're not preparing us to know the signs and the symptoms or what to do if we feel our friend is suffering or what we can do ourselves to, you know, just like take care of ourselves and to know when our body needs a break. Um, but I remember when I first started out, <laughs> when I was 20, now I'm 24, I literally would drive around for hours all day long just having a business card, and I would speak at YMCA's and Boys and Girls Clubs That's amazing. That's dope. for free, just all of those places just to speak because I was passionate about it, and slowly but surely, you know, it just tumbleweeded into something bigger. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. There's not enough of that. I don't think – I can't remember my high school talking about it at all. Like, right? That's – yeah, I wish there was more of that when I was growing up, for sure.
Yeah, because I feel that the school system, and that's one mission in my life, everyone. I do feel like I was put on this earth to change the school system because of my own experience. And the high school I went to, it was great, but it just, it didn't cater to every teenager's needs. Instead, they were all like, hey, you all have to fit this style of learning in this mm -hmm. format. And if you don't do it, then you're not smart or you're not going to amount to anything in your life. And I always wanted classes where we could choose to take classes about singing and dancing and cooking and journaling and writing books and how do we you know our passion but how do we do it how do we follow our passions how do we write a book how do we become um a published you know anything and so that's just something i'm super passionate about just to really inspire teenagers when they're that young that they can do anything but also along the journey, just take care of yourself and love your body, love your mind and just, you know, positive. I think positivity is just so powerful. Absolutely. No, I agree. And it's good that you start with the youth because they have an advantage as far as time because they're mm -hmm. so young. So if you give them that kind of perspective on life, it'll just make them blossom into what they really want to do instead of yeah. getting stuck in that hole without no one to help. In a oh, sense. That hole, <laughs> that that really bugs me because I feel like there is a system that kind of pushes teenagers. Okay, so you're going to get a 4.5 GPA in high school. Once again, if academics is your thing and you love school and you, that's amazing, you do you. But there's a, I feel everyone has their own talent and abilities. And so it's important to just don't resist what your passions are like just let it flow through you because i feel that when you do resist it and no but i have to be logical i have to do what my family wants me to do you're gonna you're not gonna be happy in life you're you'll, gonna, you'll live with a lot of regret you live with a lot of uh, what ifs and that's the last thing you want i know because it's always in the back of my mind sometimes like even, and I, I take risks and i do a lot of things that i want to do but there's always that factor like what if i did that mm -hmm. instead of just thinking about it and not doing it letting my circumstances stop me. Yes, oh, that's so true. If you, and I love just thinking about this my own self sometimes, I have moments where I would think, oh my gosh, what would you know younger Megan say now to the Megan who is just being a boss and no fear? If you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? The first thing I would tell myself is don't worry about other people's opinions. Do not, because mm. I feel like as a kid, you reflect on that a lot. You think about, oh, what are they going to think if I'm doing this? Or mm -hmm. if I do this the wrong way, are people going to make fun of me? And kids growing up in high school and middle school, like you were saying, people get bullied. And uh, yeah. they take that with them throughout the rest of their life sometimes. And it's it's just not that, it's not that, how would I say? It's not that big of a deal, per se. Like, Like, just do what you want. And don't let other people's opinions hinder what you're trying to do. That's like oh, my main yeah. thing. That's, that is such good advice because when I was a teenager, I mean, I personally was bullied a lot. And people would say, oh, my gosh, Megan, your forehead is so big. You could land a plane <laughs> on it. And I would literally run to the bathroom and just like cry and because I, I, I was so humiliated and shocked because no one in my family had like I've never been talked that way before. And. Mm -hmm. I just remember so many experiences. I just felt, you know, I would be at sleepovers or at high school parties and I would just see things happen or just girls compare their bodies. And I just, some things would stick in my mind of like, oh, oh, okay. So because I'm pale, because my 
thighs don't have a thigh gap. All of these, you know, things that really don't matter. But when you're that young, everything matters. Everything's so blown out of proportion because it's everything. And I just remember thinking, oh, so that's why I'm single. So that's why I hang out with these people because I don't drive that car because I'm not tan. All of the, you know, these. It's, 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 and it's amplified when you're young. So if you can, if anyone that's young listening, like, just stop thinking about other people's opinions because there's a reason they're lashing out and being so mean to you because mm-hmm. they're going through their own troubles. So yeah, you can't really take what they're saying seriously. Take it with a grain of salt. Oh, that's so true. Um, and have you personally ever s- struggled or just like what has helped you reach new heights? Like was there a catalyst, a moment, a person, something that just kind of pushed you or was it your own struggle that inspired you to go further or to like just do more or seek more? Yeah, so just growing up like not so well off, like my family wasn't so well off because my 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 parents are from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they came out here with nothing and it's just us. So I just always had a mentality like do it yourself mm-hmm. and get it done. So I, when I started it, when I started doing music and taking it really seriously as a kid, like a lot of little kids don't dream that big. So they're no. like, they're like, what, what are you doing? Like, why, why do you think you can be successful at this? So that drove me to do like really well, really early. Mm. And then, I, w- I would say the SoundClick stuff really made me take it seriously because I was so young, making money off of what I loved, mm-hmm. and the music wasn't good. I'll be honest with you, the beats were terrible. <laughs> I would never let none of y'all listen to the, those beats. That, I want to hear them right now. <laughs> they're actually we still have that web that we still have that website up, and it's like these beats from like 10, 12 years ago. Do you There's, ever just listen to it and you're like, kinfolk? If only you knew. <laughs> and I thought they were the best beats in the world at the time. I was like, oh, I'm I'm dope. I'm like oh. I'm doing really well. But no, I, I look back and they were bad, but I was having a great time. And that just led me to be really serious about it. Like, mm-hmm. from that point, I was like, I can make a, a living, a career off of what I love. So I feel like that was the first catalyst. And then I did all this with my friends. Like, Gabe was, like, my best friend. And we were, like, production partners. We do everything together. Mm-hmm. And we had Ben come in because Gabe went to school with him in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then we that's, we all moved out here together. And then Gabe passed, like, uh, almost, I would say, like, three and a half years ago. Gabe passed. So that was Awful. big. That was big for me too, as far as like just staying, staying inspired and doing it for him, carrying on his legacy, mm-hmm. knowing what he would want me to do, knowing what he would want to do, and I think, I think he's really happy with what we've been doing. Of course. And we're just carrying on his legacy. So I feel like that was a big catalyst too, and just, and and then another thing when I was working at the store in Hollywood, I spent so much time there. And I would see all my friends because all my friends are like music based and they would just be doing their thing, mm-hmm. like living their dream, whether they were like financially stable or just making great money off the music. They didn't have like a nine to five like I did. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a nine to five. Sometimes I'd be like, it's it was what was it like a nine to two? Yeah, <laughs> it was nine. To two. But anyway, I did that for five years straight. But my one of my big breaking points was going to going to work and then coming home and having a session every day non-stop maybe two three sessions a day non-stop wow and that i feel like that was like 2016 ish 2015 2016 mm-hmm. i was putting in so much work non-stop going to, going to, going to work and then coming home and doing these sessions and through those sessions i developed a lot of big relationships with artists that are that are doing really great and um and that's how we discovered little xan 
and that was a big big breaking point for us because once he blew up like all the things that i had been working so hard for mm -hmm. like started not paying off because they always pay off but just started to get really serious and i i owe it a lot to me just putting my head down and working my, working right. my tail off and just taking those sessions because a lot of these times like you wouldn't a lot of people say no to some artists that you don't want to work with but i just right. said yes to everybody and just kept that mentality that's smart and i feel like that's a key takeaway from this episode is you said yes to everyone and you you know didn't let like your ego get in the way like you just mm -hmm. genuinely you're passionate you said yes and you use your own self as motivation, which I think is the thing that will give you long lasting change in routines and habits and like successful everything. Absolutely. Because I feel even now, like I catch myself being a little not lazy, but just letting letting the ego kind of get to you and yes. saying no to things that yes. you don't. But the thing is, when you're doing this music stuff or anything like when you're developing the network with people, you don't want to say no or be rude to the wrong person because that person might be on the come up and a year from now they might be the biggest thing in the world and you just treated them like a jerk and they don't mess with you anymore or you didn't do that session and you don't have that relationship with yeah. them when you had the opportunity. Isn't that the truth? Especially in LA. <laughs> in LA it's like, God. I know, I just walked down the street like, <laughs> <laughs> like hi i'm just a nice to everyone not out of you know with that mindset of like you never know who they know but i also just genuinely Absolutely. like you you never know when your time is going to happen mm -hmm. and it's just i i want a reputation of i'm kind people mm -hmm. enjoy working with me and one i mean w one thing we both have in common is we're doing this out of passion mm -hmm. it's not for the money for the fame for the i mean genuinely we each have our own story and that's like what I personally always come back to because I do also have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so much more busy, you know, now than when I first started. And I talk to my mom a lot. And one thing she says to me is, you know, Megan, yes, you are busier. Yes, you have to manage your time better. But remember all of the blessings that are happening right now you once prayed for. And, that's true. And now you have them. And so I, every time she says that, I'm like, whoa. It's a realization because you're so caught in the now, you forget what you were hoping for back then. And people just want more and more and more. But I don't know, it's just ups and downs. So you just got to love what you're doing. Like you were saying, you got to be passionate about it first and foremost. Yeah. And everything takes care of itself off of that. So, Kinfolk, I got a question for you. Let's hear it. If a teenager called in right now this is a radio station if a teenager called in and had a question for you and asked if they're struggling with any anxiety depression body image issues low self-esteem any mental health related issue what would be your best advice if they just said kinfolk i'm a huge fan of you i'm kind of struggling what you got i would say it's well first of all easier said than done but i would tell them talk to somebody mm. because whatever you're going through there's somebody else that's going through it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that until you talk to somebody because you assume you're the only one going through that issue. And that's never, ever the case. People battle through body images, anxiety, distress. I would say talk to somebody and always just follow your dreams and don't take anything too personal. Mm. Don't take anything too personal because a lot of that anxiety comes from people's opinions and yep. stuff like that. So whatever they're saying is just a reflection of, who they are and the, the problems that they're going through. So 
you just got to take it with a grain of salt and just be you and don't try to be someone you're not because then you're constantly trying to battle that as well. Oh, that's so cool. I love that answer. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so now uh -oh. <laughs> rapid fire. So first question. <clears throat> What was the most embarrassing thing you did when you were young? Oh, wow. This is, uh, I'll <laughs> say it. It's probably one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. I think I was like probably like five, six years old, and I was at this arcade. It's called Fun Arcade. It was in New Orleans. And I don't know what game I was playing. It's like on a, It was like on a platform, mm -hmm. and like, I don't know, I was playing the game, but I didn't want to stop playing the game. So, yeah, <laughs> I peed on myself. <laughs> yeah. For the sake of the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think I probably cried or something like that. And how old were you? I think it was probably like five. Five, oh. six. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's embarrassing. That's amazing. I have more embarrassing stories, but, yeah. That's I know. I want to open the vault. <laughs> um, so, second question. If you could be any potato chip, what hmm. would you be? I like that question. Um... I would be a New Orleans-based potato chip. I would be a Zaps. You know about Zaps? You love Zaps? Uh, yeah, so I would be a Zaps, uh, any flavor Zaps. Yeah, shout out Zaps. I love Zaps. Those are like my favorite chips. When I go to New Orleans, I always go back and get the Zaps. Okay, side quick side note because I'm freaking out. Zaps, I have not had Zaps since in high school when I was a sophomore. I went to New Orleans to help rebuild houses that had been destroyed by Hurricane Katrina. That's a um, and I just remember the airport. We landed in um, New Orleans and it's just like the Louis Armstrong airport. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Zaps, they're like, try these, try this beef, the alligator <laughs> jerky, these po' boys, these yeah. gumbo shrimp. I'm like, I want to stay here forever. Oh, I, love, I love New Orleans food. Yeah, yeah I love those those oh, chips are amazing. It's the best. <laughs> and last question. Have you ever personally dealt with any type of anxiety or depression or anything? And how did you personally get out of that cycle? Or how did you kind of see the light when – was there a moment in your life where you felt like, you know, this is the end. I don't know how – like what's going to happen. I just feel kind of stuck and trapped. And what – made you just switch your mindset or start thinking more positively that's a good question um i think we all develop anxiety especially as kids like our emotions are up and down mm -hmm. like like during puberty like the emotions are riding high so like in high school i had a lot of anxiety i i, I feel like i dealt with it by drinking and like partying yeah. a lot so that's not the right way that's the first thing i'm gonna say don't deal with your anxiety and depression by by resorting to a, a pill or alcohol or drugs. And um, so I feel like time kind of heals depression and anxiety if you let it, if yes. you let it. But if you dwell on it, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But I feel like the most anxiety and depression I've ever had is when my friend Gabe passed away because mm. he was, like, a really big part of, like, my whole life, like, from the music to just being a really good friend of mine being a just a good friend so like when he passed it was like it was really tragic he passed away in the studio he was making beats so it was really it was wow. really it was it was beautiful though because he passed away doing what he loved and that was just a really hard moment in my life because yeah. like I didn't know what to do I'm like like this is crazy like this is like my, my best friend who we did everything together mm -hmm. like we, we we followed our dreams together like if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have moved to LA and I just didn't know how I was going to get out of that and like my friends would tell me like it's going to be okay like 
like things are gonna come around and it's yeah. gonna it's gonna work out yeah and it, it literally did like like less than a year later we 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 did we went off we did well and uh i feel like you just gotta let time do its thing and mm-hmm. and follow follow your dreams and things happen and yeah. we don't have the answers for them so just let time heal and just keep your head up because things will get better. It sounds corny, but things do get better with time. You're so, you're so right. And just having people to talk to, like, like my friend Nico, like uh, he gave me a call, like I think the day after Gabe passed and he had a similar situation where friends or family passed and just gave me really inspiring, encouraging words. And mm-hmm. it just, it just put, put it into perspective that I'm not the only one going through this. No. This happens to everybody every day. Like we lose friends all the time. I just lost another best friend, like another really good friend. Like I would say, like six days ago. I am my, so sorry. My friend for your Diego. Loss. Um, yeah, he passed away like six days ago. And same thing. Like just get together with people who have the same problems, and they'll let you know that it's gonna be okay. Yeah. For real. So beautifully said. That's incredible, John. Um, I mean, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you guys for having me. It's been an absolute honor talking with you and thank you for being so open and so vulnerable and sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your advice, your just your talent with everyone watching and I'm so excited for your fans and my fans to just take away these good, you know, nuggets of wisdom that everyone can implement into their real life and you know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come, like you can literally achieve anything. Absolutely. And I love the whole idea of the podcast and thank you for having me. Like, I feel like people can get a lot of that out of this, like when you ask these kind of questions. So, and I, it was good for me too. Like it yeah. was very therapeutic. It's like a little therapy <laughs> session. Love it. Thank you all so much for tuning in today, reaching new heights with Kinfolk John. I am Megan Gallagher, and you can find me at Megan W. Gallagher on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. And Kinfolk, where can the viewers find you? Viewers, you can find me on all social medias at Kinfolk John, K-I-N-F-O-L-K-J-O-N. I have a lot of cool stuff dropping this year. Uh, me and Xander are going to continue dropping new music, and I'm dropping my solo project later this year. And the new single will probably be dropping at the beginning of March around my birthday. Amazing. And everyone be sure to subscribe and like and tell your friends and just spread positivity. And always reach new heights. You dig. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast. I want to leave you all with this. Everything is happening for you, not to you.